Welcome to the Mermaid Society's Extraordinary Girls of the Sea series. I'm Sally Mack, and I'm going to be bringing you some of the most inspiring stories and conversations from women achieving big things in the ocean from every corner of the globe. This is episode three, a conversation with Izzy Gomez. We've been featuring Izzy on the Mermaid Society since she was 14, when she first began winning stand-up surfing events. Since then, she's won four back-to-back AAP Surf World Tour titles. She's won ISA gold and silver medals in SUP surfing and four SUP the MAG Athlete of the Year awards, including 2013 Rookie of the Year, 2014 Female Athlete of the Year, 2015 Female Athlete of the Year, and 2016 Number Two Athlete of the Year. Izzy is charging. In 2017, she's taken on some of the world's heaviest waves on her SUP, surfing Sunset Beach and Cloud Break with no fear and absolutely dominating. Not only is she dedicated to being part of the sports progression, she competes in the World Surf League's qualifying series as well. We're so stoked to finally sit down with Izzy for a chat. Hello. Hey Izzy, how are you going? Good, how are you? Thank you so much for doing this with me. I've wanted to interview you for so long because I've been writing about you for (laughs) such a long time. Um, oh my gosh. Well, I'm, I'm glad we can finally get on a call. <laughs> your earliest memories of surfing and getting in the water around Florida, like where did you grow up and, and what are your earliest memories of being in the water and the waves? So I grew up on the Gulf Coast of Florida. Um, my grandparents own the oldest surf shop in Florida. It's literally right on the beach. So um, I was kind of pretty much born into surfing, I would say, <laughs> um, yeah, so I just I learned to surf over here, and um, eventually when I was about five or six, we moved to the East Coast because the waves were just better over there, and it, there was more opportunity for my brother and I to, you know, pursue surfing. So then um, I grew up in Florida until I was about 12 or 13, we moved um, to California, and so that's pretty much kind of like where it all began, though, Florida. <laughs> Were your grandparents hectic surfers? Yeah, um, my grandpa was pretty much a stud of a surfer back in the day. And um, yeah, they um, he opened the shop when he was 16. And then, yeah, so they've, they've had the shop for a very long time. And my, my grandma surfed a little bit, but she wasn't too much of a surfer. Are they still running the shop today? Yeah, they work every day. <laughs> wow. So they probably instilled yeah. a pretty good work ethic in your parents and you guys as well, right? Yeah, yeah. It's it's pretty sick because, like, I don't know, it's it's just cool because, I mean, like, a lot of the times you'll see, like, family or grandparents not really knowing, like, what really is going on in your profession. So, like, it's super cool because, you know, they're so into the surf industry and they know, like, everything we're doing and, like, so, I don't know, it's just really cool because then, you know, they can appreciate, like, everything that I'm doing a lot more now that they, like, they actually know what I'm doing. So, yeah. That, that's so amazing. So, were they there kind of as part of your first experiences with the ocean? Yeah, for sure. Like, um, I think, you know, like, when I was learning how to surf, I was learning how to surf before I could swim. So, there would be someone out the back, like, pushing me into a wave, and then there would be someone in the middle to catch me just in case I fell, and then someone on shore, like, ready to grab me. And so, like, my <laughs> grandpa was always there, like, in the water and stuff. And, you know, everyone was on the beach, like, watching and stuff. So, yeah, they've been a huge part of 
you know, like learning, like myself learning how to surf and like on my journey and stuff. So, were your grandparents the people that introduced you to stand up as well? Yeah, well, they're huge believers in like you know. I didn't know that I was going to be that good at stand up paddling. You know, their their surf shop is like pretty core surf, but I mean, they weren't against the whole stand up paddling thing. They just thought it was like a huge opportunity for us to like expand and do different things. So they were definitely like a huge part of us like starting in it because they thought it was a really cool opportunity. And of course, like my brother and I were just these little girls like, oh, stand up paddling for like old guys. Like, and then, you know, it kind of took off from there. So. So how long after you were surfing did you pick up stand-up? It was funny. Like, we got one of the first ever stand-up paddle boards to hit the market, and um, it was huge. It was, like, probably 12 feet, and it was just this giant board. And, you know, like, we didn't really, like, even know how to hold the paddle correctly. You know, like, we were just kind of messing around. I was super young. Then it kind of faded away. I completely forgot about it. <laughs> and then, um, when I was about 12, my brother and I were at this – contest um on the east coast it was like a regionals event and um this guy comes up to my brother and he's like hey have you ever tried stand up paddleboard surfing i think you'd be really good at it so um my brother and i got stand up surfboard shaped and my brother was doing it like a lot more than i was and he was like ripping so of course i want to try it because i want to do whatever my brother's doing and so yeah i definitely think like right when i started doing it seriously was probably when I was about 12 and like like late 12 early 13 was when I started okay and then how long were you competing at those little regional levels before you actually joined the world tour or started doing world tour events um so I didn't really do any events really I, I probably did like one or two just little like regional ones before I did a world tour event and you know like the first world tour that I did was in Hawaii and like I I've been there probably once before but I mean like it, like it was still kind of intimidating for me because like I'm, I don't know I'm just a little girl from Florida like I wasn't used to like more powerful surf yet so um and you know like everyone was so much older than me on the tour because I was still fairly young I just turned 13 when I did my first world tour event so I think I like got put out in, like probably second round or something and then it kind of fired me up though to like go home and get better. And once I like kind of got my boards more dialed in and figured out what worked for me, then that's when I definitely think that the transition, you know, really started to kick in. So. Yeah. yeah. So I've seen so many photos of you surfing like massive cloud break, really big waves and <laughs> coming from Florida, you don't exactly have those kind of waves. How did you make that? progression into surfing the bigger wave do you remember the first really big wave you surfed and how did you kind of work out that's what you wanted to do and that you could actually surf those waves um yeah so that was that's kind of interesting that you bring that up because I've had to talk about that a lot lately because um I'm definitely like I, I want to pursue more like big wave stuff but um the way I kind of got comfortable was the first time I ever really surfed like bigger waves than I was comfortable on was um, I entered the men's trials. I want to say it was either 2014 or 15. I'm not sure what year it was, but um, it was at sunset. And it was pretty big. Like, it was macking. Like, so they just decided to hold the trials. And it was pretty messy. Like, it was closing out the channel, just windy. And um, so they sent us out. And I 
pretty much didn't have a choice because I was in the heat, so I had to go out. And, um, you know, like, once I caught a couple waves, and I was, like, the only one that actually made it out. So I was just, it was literally just myself out there in the lineup, and I was kind of freaked out. But, yeah, I caught a couple waves. I got pounded a couple times, but it wasn't as bad as I thought. And then that's what kind of, like, gave me the bug of, like, okay, if this isn't as bad as I thought it would be, then I definitely think I can handle a little more. And then I kind of just, like, started just going a little bit like bigger each time I would go out and so I've like over the years I've gotten really comfortable at Sunset Beach when it's pretty large and then um cloud break definitely like that finals day at ISA last year was it was pretty sketchy like I didn't think it was going to be that big and cloud break is a very violent wave but um again like I just think I think it's been um a really good thing for me to be like thrown into those conditions when I'm in a contest because I don't have a choice Mm. so it makes me just like have to send it and then I end up like being completely fine so it's kind of just like all mental I don't know how many people say that those kind of waves are fun I mean you did describe cloud break as violet but I guess it's that that um competitive spirit inside you kind of hides the fact that there is such danger in it like when you are so competitive it just kind of blanks out everything you're like all I have to do is win all I have to do is get through this heat yeah for sure and like uh, yeah I've I've experienced that a a couple times because like yeah even just surfing heats or like weather I'm definitely like being competitive helps in those situations (laughs) so do you do any other sports besides surfing not like competitively but um so my dad is actually um he used to be a professional tennis player and he still um, coaches tennis. So um, I play tennis here and there and it's pretty fun, but like mainly like any other sports besides like surfing and stand up, like my main thing that I like to do is pretty much just like training in the gym and stuff. Like I love that type of stuff. Obviously in stand up surfing and paddleboarding, there are the three different components that make up the world tour and the world championship. Uh That's one of the big differences, obviously between traditional surfing. What's the training that you have to go through to be able to compete for all three disciplines? I can't even tell you how, like how much stronger my, like my legs and like just my entire body has gone since from like when I was just surfing. And then when I started stand up paddling, your whole body is, it's, working the entire time you have to stand on the board and of course like for contests and stuff like you have to be fit enough to be able to stand on your board the entire heat because like you'll get dq'd if you don't but the type of training that i do is a lot of it is like pretty much what i would do for just normal shortboard surfing because i mean you're surfing still but then there is like i i try to do a lot of cardio because you know you have to have the endurance to be able to like out paddle someone in a heat or like and for me, I mean, I don't do much racing, but my brother is a good racer. So, I mean, I'm always training with him and, um, you know, he really like pushes me to get better. So we'll do pretty much all of our gym sessions together. And then he does a lot of like, not distance, but a lot of interval, like just flat water paddling to kind of like kick in the endurance side of things. So I think on my end, I'd probably need to start doing some more of that just to like get more in shape endurance wise but I mean like I pretty much just do a lot of strength and like agility type of stuff because yeah I watch all those women like especially you know people like uh Candace and Fiona and they're just some of the most incredible water women that I've ever seen and the finest athletes in the world I think just because of the multi-discipline aspect of it 
the training yeah. for all of those and what you just described is is that what you love about stand up? Is that the one aspect that you love about it? Is that it actually conditions your whole body and it's like a whole nother step above traditional surfing? Yeah, like that's the thing that I really enjoy about it is people don't understand how much of like a full body workout it is. Like, um, I'm I'm really good friends with Sunny Garcia and when we were in Fiji, he had just gotten to stand up and like we were out surfing and stuff and the next day, like even just after he had been on it for like not even an hour, he's like, My calves are cramping up so bad from just like gripping the board with my toes <laughs> to be able to stand on it. And I'm like, see, it's not as easy as it looks but yeah, so I mean, I I think that the stand-up paddle athletes are some of like the most fit athletes I've ever seen. So, yeah, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, absolutely. Especially um, when you see the the technical long distance girls go on. Like, not only are they surfing huge waves, but they're standing up paddling extreme distances as well. It's just like mind blowing. Yeah the mental and physical stamina and conditioning that you would have to have to actually complete those courses. Yeah, it's so crazy. So talk me through what the technical race comprises of. So tech races, they're kind of, it just depends on where you are. I mean, they can have them wherever. It's just pretty much consists of like a lot of buoy turns and, um, you know, switching direction. And um, I mean, they call it the technical race because you need to have like technical board skills too you, like you're not just standing in a like like just standing there the whole time you're just going straight like a distance race so I think the tech races are a lot of fun even in flat water too but like the best ones I think are the ones in and out through the surf where like you have to go out and left turn around the buoy come in right turn around the buoy that's like right where the waves are breaking so I don't know tech races just make it a, like a lot more interesting to watch than the distance races I think but kind of like yeah, so the iron women of, events I guess yeah oh for sure like the those are so entertaining to watch I love that <laughs> so it's pretty much that <laughs> yeah. especially when there's carnage yeah exactly <laughs> like I remember there was this one year where they switched battle the paddle to salt creek and it was like pumping like eight foot waves and it was just that was the best year I think because there was just so much carnage and everyone was like oh my god but yeah, it was, it was really fun. And then, um, you know, like, you really get to see, like, who not only has, like, the stamina to be able to paddle the course, but also, like, the wave knowledge to be able to, like, ride the waves all the way through and complete the, the run back out. So, yeah. It's like a gladiator challenge, nearly. Yeah. <laughs> so when you started on the tour and doing tour events, the sport was still quite young in, it, in its competitive stage. And there's been so much progression in such a short amount of time. What do you think have been some of the biggest and most positive changes in the sport? So I definitely that like, well, obviously some of the most positive things have been that because the sport has grown, it's dragged a lot of like younger and like just different athletes like into the sport because like now there's a lot of young kids and then there's a lot of people coming into the sport that aren't necessarily from a surfing background. I mean, like, look at Michael Booth. Like, he he's from a surf ski paddling background. And there's, like, I mean, Annabelle wasn't necessarily a surfer. I mean, she was, like, a runner, biker, like, any, I don't know. She was just a gnarly Extreme athlete. athlete. So, <laughs> yeah, I just think it's cool because, like, surfing's one thing, but stand-up, I mean, like, if you can learn how to balance on the, the board and, like, you have 
the proper technique and like the endurance background. I mean, like I have a feeling in the future, if, if the sport continues to grow and stuff, we're going to see really interesting athletes coming from different backgrounds, like into the sport. So th- I think that that's been the coolest thing, I guess, for me to see is just like how versatile it's become with just the type of people that are starting to do the sport. And it definitely is a sport that can fit right into the Olympics as well. I think having the three components and the technical, there's just so many aspects to it and drawing in all those really high-level athletes that make it fit so well with the Olympics. Yeah, and I'm honestly so baffled that they haven't put stand-up racing in the Olympics already because they have – at every Olympics, obviously, like they have the bodies of water for like the rowing and, and all the stuff that they already do. So, I mean, it would be so easy for them to just add one more event. And I mean, it'd be so cool just to see it happen because it'd be that easy for them to add it in. So, I mean, hopefully in the future, you know, it's kind of a no brainer for them to put it in. I guess, though, that it is still so young as well. So, but I, I'm sure it's not too far yeah. away. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So you've got three world titles. What do you feel are your biggest responsibilities to girls, women, and the sport of stand-up as a multiple times world champion? All in all, just promoting a healthy image and like just being a good influence to people of all ages. Just especially with like social media now, like there's some I don't know, just people think that there's so many standards to being perfect person and like doing what other people want them to do and I think people just need to realize that like life's too short to trying to please everyone else and you just need to do what makes you happy so as long as I can just like promote a good image of just you know get people inspired to just be themselves and you know do what they love I think that's all I really want to do so yeah. (laughs) You've been competing on the QS for a couple of years now and There's a lot of similarities to traditional surfing in stand-up, but what are some of the biggest differences that you're finding going between the two competitions? There are a lot of similarities, and it's crazy because, like, I think I I definitely have, like, good mentality and strategy when it comes to just competing, but I think the main thing is that I haven't had any astonishing results in shortboarding yet. So I just think, I think I just need to like build up my confidence a little more. And I think that that's when I'll start seeing like some better results because to be honest, there aren't that many different things about it. The only different thing that I could say is that, I mean, in stand up, like you can kind of see when a set's coming, like way before it's actually there. I, I think like that's definitely like my number one thing is just getting my confidence up. So what about the boards? So when when you're sup surfing, you get so much power out of your board and the wave, um, just the way that you're moving, you generate so much power. Is is that a big difference between what you can generate on a sup because you can get that momentum a lot earlier because you can see the waves and you've got the paddle? Is that a big difference between like um, traditional shortboarding is – you don't have any assistance, like the paddle onto the wave is a lot slower. It, can you feel that difference? Smaller waves, I mean, I can definitely feel the difference. And it's funny, like, because I was I was stand paddling for so long, it, I almost had to, like, relearn and, like, get my foundation back to where it was, like, before I started stand-up. I've, I've been shortboarding a lot the past year or two, and I think that the more I work on my technical things with shortboarding it's been helping my stand up because I I can see a difference so each one helps the other how you were 
saying with like the stand up being bigger and like you can generate more power and stuff. The advantage that I have is that I think because I've been so used to riding a giant stand up board, if I have to ride short boards with a little bit more volume, it doesn't really bother me or hinder my surfing because I am so used to riding a big board. So I think that that can be used to my advantage every now and then, considering like if the waves are small and I have to ride a board with some more volume to like be able to generate that speed, then yeah, so I think that's kind of worked out to my advantage. And what you're saying about um, the shortboarding actually helping the technical side of your sup surfing, is that because there's, I guess um, with surfing, there's a lot more technical maneuvers at the moment, but just because sup, I guess, is so young, those the, the progression of how that is judged isn't there yet. And is that what is kind of helping you? Yeah, I think so. So like, for instance, I definitely know that a couple of years ago, like my turn, they were all on rail and I was like, and I was definitely like throwing a lot of water, but I was going out more on the face and kind of carving back. And those were like the best turns. But then now, because I've been, you know, working on like more staying in the pocket, like technical things, shortboarding, I've been applying it to my stand-up paddling and my turns are more vertical in the pocket, like tail release type stuff. So I definitely think that it's going to, it's going to open up a whole another door for me as to like where I want to take stand-up paddle surfing, the progression side of it, because for so long, I kind of, I kind of reached the level of where I was at. And then I think now that I went back to shortboarding for a little bit and I've been training and like working really hard on that, that I've been able to apply it. I think that it's going to, you know, make everyone kind of try to level up because there hasn't really been that many events lately. I mean, we had ISA in Denmark, but I mean, the conditions were horrible there. So there wasn't really a moment that I could showcase like my best surfing. So I'm excited for this next year because we'll, we'll just see how the judges are scoring now and just what, what they're looking for. So, yeah. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they do... Um, move into that the whole surfing realm of it as well, and, and pushing the real radical maneuvers. It yeah, kind let's of power flow. Yeah, it kind of would be that next step up for the whole sport as well. When when they start to um, look for those, and you guys are rewarded for it, and so then your performance steps up as well to match it. Yeah, for sure. I'm like I, I'm really excited because I don't know. I I think even like if you ever watched like the highlight videos from Sunset earlier this year, I mean like just the way that even Kailani was performing out there. It was pretty, pretty radical compared to last year. I mean, the, the levels is going up so high. And so, I mean, it's probably only going to get better from here. And I'll, I'll be interested to see like how it turns out. So high and so fast, especially when you have people like Kai and Annabelle pushing it. <laughs> yeah, definitely. You were taken on by Roxy when you were pretty young, and now you've got Red Bull on board as well. Um, how does having the support from big companies like that impact your mentality and your performance, and what kind of doors has it opened for you? Red Bull has been probably the best sponsor I've ever had. I, I rode for Roxy for quite a while, and then um, I actually quit the team a week before I won my first world title. Red Bull, definitely. Just knowing that like I'm worthy to be a Red Bull athlete, like that's already a boost of confidence and then they've opened so many doors for me and they've given me like so many opportunities whether opportunities to be training somewhere to meet new people or to get press it's just I couldn't ask for anything else GoPro the same thing too I mean they've given me a lot of opportunities again to like 
do stuff that's completely out of my comfort zone and, you know, just have fun and go on some cool trips. And, yeah, yeah, and importantly, be able to document your abilities out there because I think that's one of the main <laughs> exactly. things. Like a lot of women who are surfing are really talented in the ocean. They just don't have people with them recording what they're doing so you never see what yeah. they're doing. And I guess that's why you've been so visible is because you've had GoPro with you and you've had the vision and people be able to document what you're doing and put all your videos out there and that kind of gives you that traction. But there would be so many yeah. more women out there worth celebrating but they just don't have people following them around with cameras. Yeah, and, like, that that's the thing too. I mean, like, for me, I, like, I can't afford to have a filmer with me 24-7 so then that's where, like, the GoPro comes in and you can get some, like, really – good content there and just photos video and I mean like if if it's like you and your friend you can easily like be filming each other yeah it's it's good and it makes it look heaps more fun too and so (laughs) and I think the incredible thing about Red Bull as well is that they really have this support system for athletes that no other company really has I think in the world apart from being an energy drink which a lot of people don't um agree with the product what they do do really well is athlete support and athlete management and helping people like yourself move into that next level with so much confidence and um, solidarity and be surrounded by all the best professionals in media and promotions and athlete training and they hold the athlete summits for you what's the best part about the Red Bull team in that kind of aspect in the athlete training side yeah like everything you just said was spot on but I mean I think my favorite thing and like the most thing that I've used is probably like the the high performance side of Red Bull. So being able to go in, do all of my physical testing, mental stuff, my and um, the performance under pressure camps that I get to attend. I mean, it's it's so amazing because not only does that type of stuff help you grow as an athlete, but as a person too. And yes, that's that's just been the biggest thing for me and. I've learned so much just being able to do that stuff with other athletes too and then mingle with other people and see what their methods are and like maybe you can incorporate what they're doing let's say for like their nerves before an event or their nutrition or stuff like that like you guys learn things from other people and then add it into what you're doing and so it's it's really cool just yeah they're like a huge family over there and it's cool because I mean I don't think any other brands support their athletes the way that Red Bull does so I'm super lucky to be a part of that. It's nearly, they're like a phenomenon, like an international um, institute of sport, nearly, for elite athletes. Like, that's how I feel about them. In Australia, we have the Australian Institute of Sport in Canberra, which is the nation's capital, and that's where all the top Olympic athletes go to train, and, you know, that's where they become part of the national team. But I feel like Red Bull, they're nearly in the place of what, athletes need internationally by providing all those programs and like facilitating that streamlined progression for everyone and all those opportunities yeah yeah it's it's super cool so you're only 17 do you reckon that one day you'll be world sup champion and world surfing champion is that the goal i i hope so i yeah it's, it's it's been a dream of mine since I knew what the ASP world tour was to make the tour that's the first goal and then maybe a title but I mean I think it's it's what I wanted to do since forever so I mean it would be like the most amazing thing ever to be able to accomplish that so maybe one day we'll we'll see (laughs) well you're definitely on the right path and you're so young you got plenty of time ahead of you 
Thanks so much for joining us, Izzy. Good luck for 2018. We hope to see you going hard in the QS events and going for another world title in the AAP. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you. (laughs) That was our conversation with Izzy Gomez, four times world SUP surfing champion. Stay tuned to themermaidsociety.com.au for more news, information and stories from the sea. If you haven't already, make sure you check out our 2017 surfboard guide and wetsuit guide. I'm Sally Mack. See you next time.